0: Good morning, everyone, and welcome to Today's Focus for Tuesday, March the 28th, 2023, at 1040 a.m. Central Time. Today's Focus, Experimental. Today's focus has been an experimental mess. It has been crazy. All right, so here's what, if if you haven't been with us today, so much has happened. First, we started a live broadcast talking about it. the Bible is experimental. That's what we were going to talk about today. The Bible is experimental. All right, so we got ready to start the broadcast. As soon as I was starting the broadcast, I got ready to say the word experimental. And where was I getting ready to say the word experimental? I looked over, and I get network error on my iPad a network error on my computer. I'm trying to say experimental, experiential. I'm trying to combine the two words. I'm looking, and I'm like, you know what? Stop, stop. We'll just delete everything and start over. So I deleted everything, started over, made sure the internet was working. All right, good. All right, so experimental attempt number one, or experimental attempt number one. Okay, it was a failure. We deleted it. We started over. So then, all right, I'm ready. I'm ready. All right, all right. Let's do it again. All right. Good morning, everyone. Today's focus. All right. Here we go. Today's focus for March the twenty eighth, and we start the broadcast. I, I'm like the it, the Bible is experimental. And I go through all the definitions of experimental and, and experiment and exper experimental and, and all the things about it. And it's like, is the Bible experimental? Well, it could fit this definition. It it could fit this definition. All right. So is the Bible experimental? I wanna think, I wanna think experiential, but is it experimental? All right. or is it experiential? So I'm trying to kind of build this discussion. And I'm building this all because of a devotional that was written, I don't know, seventeen hundreds, eighteen hundreds, sixteen hundreds. And I, I, you know, I have it saved right there on my iPad and I go to the website. All right? Because they've got a devotional about the Bible being experimental. And I'm like, okay, I'm going to read this and we're going to see why this person is arguing that the Bible is experimental. But I think maybe they're really arguing that the Bible is experiential. Okay. What is the difference between experimental and experiential? Is it the same thing? How do they differ? And if they are different, do we say the Bible is experimental or do we say the Bible is experiential? Do we say it's both? Do we say it's neither? Uh, you know, I thought it was going to be a good conversation. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I, I literally pick up the iPad to start working through the devotional and it's just gone. It's like someone from the website was like, delete, just disappeared. I could not find, I looked and looked and looked, could not find it. I, I knew that the the uh, devotional was written by, I think, Octovio, Octovio, Octov- how do you say his name? I got to look up his name. Um, Octavius. Yeah, Octavius Winslow, Octavius Winslow. And the website has the complete works of Octavius Winslow. So I'm like, I started to look, I'm, I can't find it. I, can't. I even did a search for the entire website. They've got Octavius Winslow on experiment, experimental preaching, experimental theology, experimental atonement. But all of a sudden this one was just gone. I don't know what, it was just literally no longer existed. And I'm like, I'm, I'm live on the air. And I'm supposed to be reading this devotional, so I'm like, you know what? Let's. Well, I, I tried to give the people who were listening to that live broadcast something because I got into the ex- discussion between experimental and experiential. I keep trying to combine the two words, uh, but experimental and experiential. And so, do we say the Bible's experimental? Do we say the Bible is experiential? Which is it? Are they, is it neither? Does it even matter? So what we're going to do is we're going to return to that discussion because guess what, ladies and gentlemen, I found the devotional, not on the website. In fact, I couldn't find it. I bought the complete works of Octavius Winslow on my Kindle, but there was like thousands of pages. So I'm not going to, I wasn't able to go find it, but I did a search on the sermons 2.0 app and look. I found a devotional called The Bible is Designed to Be Experimental. Oh, there it is. They have an audio version of it on Sermons 2.0 app, The Bible is Designed to Be not experiential, but experimental. So I found the devotional. We have it in an audio format. So today's focus is all about being experimental. I'm 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 an experimental broadcaster obviously have no clue what he's doing. I can't believe how many things have gone wrong. But you know what? I know what? I'm not going, well, in theory, I'm going to say I'm not going to let it bother me. But I just, I, I have never experienced it where you literally, you have your iPad sitting right next to you. You have the website pulled up, right? So you try to do your creative, you know, introduction to get everyone interested. Hey, is the Bible experimental? Or is the Bible experiential, right? So here's all the definitions of experimental. Well, the Bible kind of fits that, right? Right? Or what? What? what's the definition for experiential? Trying to set it all up and say, okay, I've got a devotional from 1600, 1700s. I don't know the date for, when did he live? Okay, Octavius Winslow lived in the 1800s. So the 1800s, I'm sorry. He died on March the 5th, 1878. All right, so uh, Octavius Winslow has a devotional from the 1800s. On the Bible being experimental, let's 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 work through it. All right, everybody, ready? So I think I have this entire thing mapped out, and I literally—I mean, it's sitting right there. I keep looking over, seeing it as I'm talking about experimental, experiential, and then as soon as I'm ready to look at it, I lean over, I pick up the iPad, boom, like instantaneously, like right before my eyes, poof, just gone. And then a, a, a devotional from Charles Spurgeon shows up. And I'm like, how could that happen? Like, what are what are the chance? You know, I'm going to buy a lottery ticket today. What are the chances that that would go down? Like, that is just, I, I can't believe it happened that way. So are you ready? Let's do this. Are you ready? Are you ready? Let's do this. Let's do this, ladies and gentlemen. Let's kick this off correctly. Ladies and gentlemen, we're going to redo everything. So forget the last seven minutes of an explanation Let's do this. We're going to find out today, is the Bible designed to be experimental? And what does that mean? We're going to find out because we're going to start the Today's Focus podcast episode in the correct fashion. Here we go. Good morning everyone and welcome to today's focus for Tuesday, March the 28th, 2023 at 10:48 a.m. Central Time. Today's focus, the Bible is experimental. The Bible is experimental. Do you see the Bible as being experimental? Do you? Do you? When you think of the word experimental, what comes to your mind? Well, let's dig in and do a lot of work on the definition of experimental. See if it fits the Bible. And then there's going to be a separate word that I want you to consider. So is the, let me ask it this way. Is the Bible experimental? I'm going to ask it as a question. I, I stated it almost in a more dogmatic way. The Bible is experimental. But let me ask it in a more in a, in a way that's more of a question for you to think about today. Is the Bible experimental? Or is the Bible experiential? Or is the Bible both experimental and experiential? Or is the Bible none of those things? Is it experimental? Is experiential? Or are those both wrong ways to describe the Bible? If someone was to say, tell me about the Bible, well, the Bible's an experimental book the bible's an experiential book if you were to use those terms what would you mean by them because in my mind i even have a hard time saying the bible is experimental i struggle with that i i it's easier for me to say the bible's experiential because i've heard many people say it that way but experimental i almost like I almost catch myself even trying to say experimental. I even struggle trying to connect it with the word. But if I'm not connecting it with the word Bible, experimental, it's easy. As soon as I say the Bible is, I, I, I'm mm, there, there's a hesitation. And maybe that hesitation is because of a misunderstanding of experiment, of, of something being experimental. But but I understand experimental music. I understand experimental drugs. So I just, I just don't know if I can put the Bible in the category of experimental music or experimental drugs or experimental movie or experimental television or, exper- or experimental poetry or, or whatever the case may be. Because when I think of experimental, the first thing, in fact, if you do a Google search for experimental, right there, uh, the first thing that shows up, you get a definition. But if you, if you look over to the right, experimental, they have the word experiment. Experiment. So when I think of the Bible, do I think of an experiment? Now, the way they define it here is this. An experiment is a procedure carried out to support or refute a hypothesis or determine the efficacy or likelihood of something previously united. So an experiment is a procedure carried out to support or refute a hypothesis, right? Or determine the efficacy or likelihood of something previously untried. Experiments provide insight into a cause and effect by demonstrating what outcome occurs when a particular factor is manipulated. So when I think of the Bible, do I think it is an experiment? It's experimental. So in some ways I can kind of see this, right? Because in in a roundabout way, do we not use the Bible to refute hypotheses or to determine the efficacy or likelihood of something previously untried? In other words, people have all kinds of hypotheses, all kinds of ideas. Do we not take the Bible, in a sense, run it as an experiment? I mean, see, it's like exactly how far do you take this idea? Because typically, if, if the Bible is experimental, then is the, I mean, are we running an experiment on the Bible or does is the Bible used to run an experiment on other hypotheses and other ideas? I think we use the, Bible to say oh here's your hypotheses. let's test it with scripture but then the scripture wouldn't be the experimental thing the thing we're testing would be the experimental thing right is is that not is that more not more accurate in your mind so see i don't see the bible as an experiment i see the bible as a thing that tests your experiments i think the bible is a thing that tests your hypotheses the bible is a thing that determines the efficacy or likelihood of something previously untried. You can, tr- give me your philosophy, give me your idea, give me your ideology, give me your thinking, give- and let's test it with the scriptures. I don't see the scriptures as the experiment or the experimental thing. I see the Bible as the as the ultimate standard which to test. But let's look up the word experimental. If you look up the word experimental, we get this. Of a new invention or product based on untested ideas or techniques, not yet established or finalized. Now there I can see the Bible as being somewhat experimental, right? It's a new invention. It's based on an untested idea. God's only given us one book, right? And there's other holy books in other religions, but we only believe one of them is from the true and living God. So in that sense, is the Bible experimental? Because in a sense, it's a new invention. Yeah, it's 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 based on an untested idea or technique not yet established or finalized. Well, it's based off an untested idea because it was written by ins- under you know the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. God breathed, yet men wrote it. So in that sense, it's experimental in that way. Next, uh, experimental can mean of a work of art or an artistic technique involving a radically new and innovative style, like experimental music. Well, is the Bible experimental in, in that it's involving a radically new and innovative style? Well, I think it's the only book ever written under that style, right? God breathed it, but humans wrote it. Okay, so is it experimental in those two ways? I, I don't know. If we look up Merriam-Webster, we find this. Or we find this. Experimental. Of, relating to, or based on experience. Now, see, that adds a new. When we say the Bible is experimental, or if anyone says the Bible is experimental, are they meaning that it's related to experience? The Bible is experimental because it, it's connected to our experience. Now, that makes me think of a different word, but let, so let's continue with experimental and then we'll go to this different word. Uh, the Merriam Webster, a second, serving the ends of of, or used as a means of experimentation. So serving the ends or used as a means of experimentation. Now, is the Bible the means of experimentation that we we can do experimentation on, on anything? You give me your idea, I can take the Bible and it's used as the means of doing the experiment. But I don't know if I would say the Bible is experimental. I think your idea is experimental, that we can test it. But the Bible is the standard. The third is relating to or having the characteristics of experiment. Again, I don't to say the Bible is experimental. I'm just not. I'm just not. I, I struggle with. I struggle with this a little bit. So if we if we take the word experimental and we look up the word experiential, now this seems to be where I think some people go. Experiential, involving are based on experience and observation. Now, you could say, well, the Bible is experimental. But again, you're, you're running an experiment. You're running an experiment. I don't know. Experiential, you would say it. the Bible really is then based on experience and observation. So the Bible is experiential because we take it and we're to experience it. We're to observe it in action. Experiential learning is experiential learning is the process of learning through experience. Uh, and it is more narrowly defined as learning through reflection on doing. But do we learn the Bible by experiencing it or do we learn the Bible by studying it? So I'm not a big fan of experiential or experimental. I'm not sure I'm a fan of either. Now this all started because, as I stated in the introduction, This morning, I saw a devotional written in the 1800s. For some reason, I was thinking 1600s, 1700s. But I mean, considering everything that went wrong, I'm glad I even remember the name Octavius Winslow. I even remember the name. That's amazing. But he wrote a devotional called The Bible is Designed to be Experimental. Well, we couldn't, we've lost the text version of this, but we have found the audio version thanks to Sermons 2.0 app. I'm grateful for that app. I can't can't believe I even decided to look there, but I looked and I found it. So are you ready? It's only one minute and 47 seconds. So we'll be able to finish this review of this audio, but we will be breaking it down statement by statement. So today's focus, the Bible is experimental. No, wait, no, let's not state it that way. Today's focus, is the Bible experimental or is it experiential? Or is it both? Or is it none of those things? What do you think? Experimental, experiential. Let's see what this devotional had to say. Are you ready? Here
1: we go. The Bible is designed to be an experimental and a practical book.
0: All right. The Bible is designed to be experimental and practical. Now, they connect the word practical to experimental. Instead of experimental and experiential, they use the word practical. All right. so let's
1: back this up.
0: We're going to do a lot of backing it up because it's so short, so we can put it all in its full context.
1: The Bible is designed to be an experimental and a practical book. By Octavius Winslow. As the deer pants for streams of water, so my soul pants for you, O God. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. Psalm 42 verses 1 to 2. Stop
0: right here. All right, so this devotional is based on Psalm 42. Psalm 42. Let's look at it. I'm going to use it from the Translation that I just happened to have here in front of me. Psalm 42 verses 1 through 2. As a deer longs for flowing streams, so I long for you, God. I thirst for God, the living God. When can I come and appear before God? My tears have been my food day and night, while all day long people say to me, where is your God? Now let's stop right here. Experimental? Experiential. Now I can now I, I just want to at least put forth this idea. I can read Psalm forty two and go, man, as a deer longs for flowing streams, I long for you, God. I thirst for God, the living God. Now typically the way this is preached is hey. Do you long for God this way? Do you desire God this way? So now we can read it. Now, if we say the Bible is experimental or experiential, the experimental idea, we're going to have to see how Octavius Winslow decided to, to follow this line of reasoning. But if we say it's experiential, what someone would say, you're not just to read that, you are to experience that. You are to live that out. You should be walking around Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, saying, as the deer longs for flowing streams, I long for God. I thirst for God. I thirst for the living God. You, you desire nothing more than to come and appear before him. Now that preaches good. Oh, you're going to get some people are going to get convicted. You may get people to come to the altar. You may get people to raise a hand. You may get people to say, pastor, you really convicted me today. But the point is, is how do you get, how do you read that and that turns into something experiential? How does that become your experience? No, I think some people forget the context here. Now, I'm not even going to look up the historical setting, but just, just see what could be driving this emotion. What could be driving this emotion? Well, look, as a deer longs for flowing streams, so I long for you, God. I thirst for God, the living God. When can I come and appear before God? My tears have been my food day and night. While all day long, people say to me, where is is your God? Clearly, this person is going through a, it sounds like a horrible situation. Well, it's amazing how many times when we're going through a horrible situation, we then are like a deer looking for a stream. We thirst for the God, for the living God. We we cry out, you know, when can I come and appear before you? Now, is this something that we just read and go, I must experience this? Or is this just reflecting the reality of someone's life, that they're going through a very difficult time, and right now they're screaming out, God, I need you. When can I come before you? Is this, just, is this written so that you feel like, man, I need to long for God this way? Or is it written to go, wow, this person is going through a difficult situation? The text goes on, I remember this as I pour out my heart, how I walked with many, leading the festive processions to the house of God with joyful and thankful shouts. Now, it sounds like that something has happened. He remembers going to the temple, but is not going there anymore. When is this? Some What's the historical setting for Psalm 42? Now, does the historical setting explain maybe why he's having these emotions? Why the author is having these emotions? See, it's preached like, you should have these. You must experience this. You must live this. Now, By all means, I wish I could say every day uh, that I'm like a deer looking for a, uh, a, you know, a stream of water. And that's how I'm looking for God. That every day I long for God. Every day I thirst for God. That every day all I can think about is being before God. I wish that was true. But I think in this context, something is driving that. And it's not a spiritual thing. It may be just tragedy and difficulties in life. Or maybe the tragedies in life just make them miss God. I don't know. There's a lot of of ways we can look at it. But the fact that this devotional starts with Psalm 42, and it's talking about the Bible being experimental, to me makes it sound like that it's referring to the Bible supposed to be experiential. But he says experimental and practical. So maybe he's using practical to mean experiential. And he's using experimental in a different way. Let's back this all the way up. Let's listen to this all again.
1: Bible is designed to be an experimental and a practical book. By Octavius Winslow. As the deer pants for streams of water, so my soul pants for you, O God. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. Psalm 42 verses 1 to 2. The main value of any scriptural truth to a child of God is the conscious power of that truth in his own soul. All right, so the value
0: of any scripture seems to be how it impacts us, how we experience it. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make sure we get the exact words. See, this is why I wanted the printed copy. I had the printed copy then we could take this apart but i have to kind of stop and back up listen to what, now now i want you to think about this what makes the what makes scripture valuable to you is scripture valuable because it's the inspired and errant and infallible word of god or is it only valuable because how it impacts you how it makes you feel how you experience it I I, I'm, I I may have some problems here. Let Let's see. Let's see. Listen. Let's, let's think this through. Let's, let's listen to it again.
1: Scriptural truth to a child of God. Right, let me
0: back that up a little bit further.
1: Let's back that up. All right, here we go. Twenty-two verses one to two. The main value of any scriptural truth to a child of God. The main value. Now, he doesn't say the only value, but the main, but I don't know.
0: Is the main value what he's, is the main value of scripture to any child of God, is it going to be what he's about to describe? Let's back this up. The main value, the main value. I want you to think about the main value. What is the main value of scripture to you? What is the main value of scripture to you?
1: Psalm 42 verses 1 to 2. The main value of any scriptural truth to a child of God is the conscious power of that truth in his own soul.
0: The conscious power of that truth in his own soul. So the main value of scripture is the conscious power that scripture has in your own soul. So that scripture has no value until it has some conscious power inside of me. I I, I don't know about this. All right, let's see where he goes.
1: The Bible is designed to be an experimental and a practical book. It does not deal with mere academic or theoretical truths. Its teachings were intended by its divine author to address themselves to the judgment, thus finding an inlet to the conscience and the heart, and becoming a leaven of holiness in the soul, diffusing its influence through the affections and desires of the Christian. We repeat the observation, that any truth is valuable to the Christian, only in proportion to his personal and experimental acquaintance with its nature and effects.
0: Okay, so the only, the only, the only and there he kind of really goes, it's, o- its only value is measured by how it, it, the experimental effects, how you experience it. it. Again, I still think this is going with an experiential idea, but how you experience it. How you, how it's got to do something. Like it's, it's almost like, Hey, that scripture is Psalm 42 is of no value unless you experience it. Unless you leave it going, you thirst for the living God and you and you desire for him above everything else. But I, I, mm, okay, uh, let's back this up. I'm going to
1: back this up again. He's really driving this point home. diffusing its influence through the affections and desires of the Christian. We repeat the observation that any truth is valuable to the Christian, only in proportion to his personal and experimental acquaintance with its nature and effects. Now,
0: it only, only, only how it corresponds, how it measures up to your exper- experimental... Ec- your experimental connection to it again. That word experimental. I don't know exactly how he's using that word experimental. It's like you've got the scripture, and it's it's experimental in the sense that you experience. It's still. It's, that seems to go in experiential. The experimental word is throwing me off. But 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 whether we can debate that all day, I just don't know if I say scripture doesn't. It's 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 only connected to how it impacts me. I, I don't know. I'm going to back that up one more time. You, you can tell me what you think about this. because That's the whole point of today's focus is to get us all thinking about this and, and talking about it and discussing it. And, you know, this is supposed to lead to good conversations.
1: And becoming a leaven of holiness in the soul, diffusing its influence through the affections and desires of the Christian. We repeat the observation that any truth is valuable to the Christian only in proportion to his personal and experimental acquaintance with its nature and effects. A mere religious professor may have an intellectual belief in, and a theoretical reception of, vital and essential truth, and yet be utterly ignorant of its renewing and sanctifying power in his soul. Oh, that there were more experimental Christianity among us! O oh God! You are my God, earnestly I seek you. My soul thirsts for you, my body longs for you, in a dry and weary land where there is no water. Psalm 63 verse 1 And that's the
0: entire devotional. Now, I wish I had it on paper. I wish it had it on paper. We could break it down even more. I would challenge you. You can look it up. The Bible's designed to be experimental. You can find it on uh, the Sermons 2.0 app. You should just listen to it maybe 20 times today, and it's only going to take you two minutes each time, so it won't take you a lot of time. But I really would love to get your thoughts. Some of you may be like, well, of course, the Bible's experimental. Again, I still think it's, he's saying it's experiential, that's 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 the word i'm thinking but he's using the word experimental but he seems to be destri- describing experiential concept so however he's using the word experimental i'm still struggling with that but it's like here's the bible and it's of no value until i experience it until it becomes experimental until it shows up in my life until it becomes more than a hypothesis because because until it becomes effectual, until it begins to do something. Now, that preaches good, ladies and gentlemen. That preaches good. I mean, I could preach the Bible. Look, look. Hey, the Bible says you are to thirst for God, the living God. The Bible says you're to seek first the kingdom of God. The Bible says man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. You're to love the Lord that God with your heart, mind, body, and soul. And I can say that's what the Bible calls you to do. And if you're not experiencing that, if you're not living that, then owning your Bible is worthless. It's useless. Oh, I could preach it that way. But then the question is, how does the scriptures become experimental? How do they become experiential? Well, first and foremost, obviously they cannot become either of those things until we just know them. We've got to know, it starts with an intellectual. It has to start with the intellectual, right? As a man thinketh, so is he. It's got to start with the thinking, the observing, and then whatever we're going to experience, whatever's going to be experimental has to be based off knowing it correctly, right? It's got to it's gotta be correct knowledge because incorrect knowledge, would that not lead to an incorrect experimental or experiential concept? So we first have to know it. We have to know it correctly. We have to observe it and observe it correctly. We have to know it. We have to observe it. we could almost say it this way. We have to observe it so that we can know it. And then after we know it, we have to interpret it. That's way before we get to an experimental or experiential thing. It is intellectual. It is academic in that sense. But how do we get the Bible to move us from just a knowledge to some kind of an experience to it becoming real in our life? There obviously no one has the magical formula. I mean, seek first the kingdom of God. Love the Lord God with all your heart, mind, body, and soul. Man does not live by bread alone, but by everywhere that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. Meditate on God's word day and night. Study to show yourself approved. I can go on and on and on and on and on and on. How many Christians do not experience that? Do not have that desire. Do not long for scripture more than gold and silver, more than food. So, are you saying knowing those things are of no value? No, knowing those things is the thing that constantly reminds me of my failure of it. But now we get back to law and gospel. All of those scriptures I gave you are law. They're they're the constantly remind me of my failure. So, I know my only hope is in Jesus Christ. doesn't mean that I don't pursue this. I don't like that saying the Bible is experimental, and I don't like to say it's experiential. I think the Bible, we learn truths, we observe truths, we know the truths, we interpret the truths, and then we seek to, one, realize how far we fall short of said truths, and then we realize we're driven to Christ, and then we are called to pursue it. So I, I, what would be a better word than experimental or experiential? Now, someone said, well, you're just going to reduce the Bible to something merely intellectual. I'm not trying to reduce it to something merely intellectual. I just think that we've got to get, we've got to understand it and know it. Too many Christians want to experience or do an experiment <laughs> than they want to actually learn it. See, the church is always afraid of just what they call a dead intellectualism. They're always afraid of it. But I just think that what's the value of experiential, experimental, running around having an experience or feelings or emotions if they're not connected to truth? And even Psalm 42 I mean, obviously, those kinds of devotionals are not designed to actually see. Even that devotional, it's not—just think of that devotional. It's not designed to help you understand Psalm 42. It's designed to try to elicit an an emotion. So I don't think Christianity should be an experiential, experimental, or emotional pursuit. I think it has to be one of the pursuit of truth. I think it has to be textual. I think that has to be one of observation, one of interpretation. Because see, the question today should not be hey, see most that's how most preachers approach Psalm 42. They put the focus on Are you experiencing that? Is this experimental? Is this experiential? Where I would put the focus on what's going on in Psalm 42? Do we have a historical background for Psalm 42? Let's just let's just do a, a quick search really quick, just to show you. Let's see if we can find it. Hang on, let's see. Let's see if we can fa- find it. Let's see here. Psalm forty two see if we can find it. Uh, all right. The, the Psalm 42 is associated with the sons of Korah. There were probably groups uh, descended from the infamous uh, family punished after the Exodus. Some commentators believe the sons of Korah became influential worshiper, worship leaders during the time of David and Solomon. All right. Let's see here. Do we get any other information here? Um you see here, so obviously, whoever the person is, they haven't been able to go to the temple. they're being kept from the temple um so that don't give me too- too much more information they don't give me more information here uh. See, uh, see Psalm 42, this is another, I'm sad, I'm just. this is the kind of stuff we should look for. Psalm 42 is a lament psalm written by men who formerly were able freely to worship God with uh, the Lord's people, but something has changed, and now they find themselves removed from the religious life that they formerly enjoyed, and they miss it greatly. All right, so we may not know exactly what caused them to miss it. We don't know. I don't know if this is Babylonian captivity. I would have to try to figure out timing. But it's definitely a lament. Now, you could argue, well, wait a minute, wait a minute. If, if all worship was taken from me, would I lament the way they are lamenting? Now, are they lamenting? Because, you, got, you know, yeah, well, we could get into a lot of questioning motives here. I don't want to do that. So there would be a, a, a possible application. But first, we would need to figure out the background. And then understand that whatever has happened is leading these men to miss God, and maybe they're missing God purely because they want to worship Him, which would be challenging to us. Which would be challenging to us. But I think I think it, the first thing is we wouldn't we have to admit we probably would not miss. I, I don't I don't think we would feel that way if we're honest. I don't think most would. So then, what's our only hope? Well, to be driven to Christ. I don't know the word experimental. I'm struggling with that. Experiential. I do understand that, there, that we believe that there's things in Scripture that does call us to experience the same thing, to pursue the same thing. But I don't think the value of Scripture is determined by my experience with it. The value of Scripture is it's God's Word. Whether I experience it, whether I ever feel it, it's God's Word. My, the, the value of it is in knowing it. I've got to know it. I've got to get the I got to get the 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 correct observation and the correct interpretation in my mind if I'm ever going to get anywhere near experimental or experiential. All right, we'll stop right there. You can you can tell me what you think about all of this. You can think. Tell me what you think about all of this and we will end this. But I'm just going to play the audio of that devotional one more time. Are you ready? Let's listen to this one more
1: time. The Bible is designed to be an experimental and a practical book. By Octavius Winslow. As the deer pants for streams of water, so my soul pants for you, O God. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. Psalm 42 verses 1 to 2. The main value of any scriptural truth to a child of God is the conscious power of that truth in his own soul. The Bible is designed to be an experimental and a practical book. It does not deal with mere academic or theoretical truths. Its teachings were intended by its divine author to address themselves to the judgment, thus finding an inlet to the conscience and the heart. And becoming a leaven of holiness in the soul, diffusing its influence through the affections and desires of the Christian. We repeat the observation that any truth is valuable to the Christian only in proportion to his personal and experimental acquaintance with its nature and effects. A mere religious professor may have an intellectual belief in, and a theoretical reception of, vital and essential truth. And yet be utterly ignorant of its renewing and sanctifying power in his soul. Oh, that there were more experimental Christianity among us! O oh God, you are my God, earnestly I seek you. My soul thirsts for you, my body longs for you, in a dry and weary land where there is no water. Psalm 63, verse 1. And that is the devotional that
0: sparked. Everything that happened today for the last, what, hour and a half, we have proven that this podcast can be very experimental. Hopefully you've experienced something, but I want you to really think about how we should approach the scriptures. We could have taken this in a completely different direction. I was going to focus, well, how do we get the Bible from the page to the experience But I'm more struggling with them basically acting like, well, the value of it is only in your experience of it. But I think you have to start with the understanding before you get to the experience because I I, I think it leads to all kinds of problems. But experimental, experiential, or something else? What do you think? News, if at yahoo.com. News, if at yahoo.com. Thank you for listening to the most convoluted and complicated and difficult to ever produce episode of the Today's Focus podcast series. And that is your Today's Focus for Tuesday, March the 28th, 2023.